Hello and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline Podcast, the weekly paranormal show where we discuss all kinds of paranormal events from haunted hotels to frightening frogmen. My name's Kaylee and I'm joined by my co-ghost, Usheen. Hello. <laughs> What's the crack, Usheen? How are you this week? I'm doing pretty okay. Pretty dang pretty good. Pretty dang good. Nothing paranormal this week? Nothing to report? Nothing to report. Nothing as of Did yet. Did anything ever come of the curse that you put on yourself? Oh, the one that I read the out? Japanese the, the Japanese poem, one? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I'm so far so mm. good. I feel like things have been happening that you've just narrowly been avoiding or something. <laughs> Pro- that's probably it. Like, if I could, like, see behind me, it's like all these things just I'm just missing. a Japanese ghost following They're you. They're missing me. <laughs> yeah, there could be. But see, here's the thing. I might be going to Japan next Oh, yeah. Year. So. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just going to be waiting <laughs> I say, for you I on say the might. shore. <laughs> I mean, it's booked. I'm definitely going to yeah. Japan next year. So it'll be like... Maybe that's it. Maybe like as soon as, as, soon as you set I cross foot that in Japan, visa line, <laughs> combust or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Who well, knows? this week's episode or this week's podcast, we're going to be discussing curses. Uh, we've covered curses before in the podcast, and we've even tried to curse Ushin with probably no success. I want to say uh, this week we're discussing a curse. Hopefully, that has been causing house fires. Hopefully, no success <laughs> oh. across the UK. Have you ever had the misfortune of witnessing a house fire, Ushin? Uh, no, I've only ever seen the smoke from one. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, one of the houses on my street caught fire a few months ago, and the idea of it happening to my own home has, like, terrified me ever since. I've been very careful with candles or anything, like, the cooking or anything that can cause a fire. I've been trying my best to be careful with. Uh, we were actually yeah, recording the podcast when it happened. I got a knock on the door to move my car for the fire brigade. It was really terrifying to witness. Like, luckily, no one was harmed too badly in that fire, but some some people aren't that lucky with house fires. No. And even if you do escape you with your life, burnt, like, yeah, like, every, yeah. everything you own is just gone. Like all your old photos, precious objects, everything is gone. Everything you ever owned. I wouldn't be able to take yeah. it. I would, I would, it would be awful. Yeah, it, it's supposed to be horrible. So this story begins in a small town in England called Rotterham, uh, a mining town in so- South Yorkshire. And the year 1985. So our story begins with a family, Roy and May Hall. Roy and May Hall were having a relaxing evening in their home that they had lived in for 27 years when suddenly they smelled smoke coming from the kitchen. But before they realized what had happened, it was too late. A devastating fire had broken out in the kitchen and it was spreading fast. So they grab the kids and they don't even have time to grab anything else and they run from the house as fast as they can. And the firefighters weren't long reaching the house, but the fire had spread to most of the downstairs and everything downstairs in the house was destroyed, like completely destroyed. Some of upstairs was okay, but anything downstairs was pretty much gone. The firefighters managed to extinguish the blaze, and they began to investigate the house for any cause of the fire. So they're downstairs, and they're kind of going through stuff. And Ron's brother, Peter, had been a firefighter for many years, and he began kind of searching the house for anything important that they could kind of rescue or save from the fire. Mm -hmm. And upon searching the downstairs, he comes across something familiar. Something he'd seen before many times in his work as a firefighter. He came across the unburned painting of a crying boy. The painting looked perfectly untouched by the fire. And he'd seen this picture before in other houses that had burned down. When he's walking through the rubble, he began to notice paintings in several house fires. And the only thing, it was the only thing that was perfectly preserved. And they were always 
of crying boys. Um, I'll show you the painting now. You might what? have it hung up in your own house. Who knows? <laughs> it is a bit weird. I think there's pictures of me as a kid with hair like that. Ooh. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> I, had, I had the, like, the mushroom, well, like, the mushroom head. <laughs> Maybe it's a painting of you. <laughs> I hope not, no. What do you mean to, like, make of the painting? Like, give us your finest art critique of it. I, for one, don't understand why anyone would draw, a, like, would, would paint just a child crying, but here we are. I never understood um, it either, yeah. It, it's done in a, I want to say, like, a, a realistic style. All my art words have just left my, my brain. <laughs> like you had, um, any, sure. <laughs> I, I, you know, once upon a time, maybe. <laughs> uh, delicate brushwork. Um, it's like an oil <laughs> painting. A realistic oil yeah, painting. Yeah, it's an oil painting. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little yeah. boy, probably about, what, four, five, maybe? Tears rolling probably. down his cheeks with a sad look on his face. And apparently he looks like young Oshin. So this quickly got picked up by your favorite tabloid, The Sun. <laughs> you love The Sun, nice. Oshin. I, I hate The Sun. I hate The Sun with a burning passion. <laughs> but they were the first people to pick up on this on this crying boy painting thing. And they wrote an article that was titled crying boy curse strikes again and uh, in the article they wrote all about the fire and the painting and that the firemen had called it cursed now apparently the firemen didn't call it cursed they just said that they had seen it which they had in a few houses but you know the the author of the article said they wanted it to kind of they have that like extra pop to it so they made it cursed <laughs> yeah it, it, it is the sun yeah exactly yeah finest in it's journalism <laughs> so you're gonna love this in the article they wrote Enough is enough. If you are worried about a crying boy picture hanging in your home, send them to us immediately. We will destroy the painting for you. (laughs) That should see the back of any curse there may be. So let us help by sending the pictures up in smokes. And then they put an address to send the paintings to in in the article. Um, Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) So they were straight up like, just send them to us and we'll destroy them for you. I hope they like collected them into a warehouse or whatever and before they could burn it down. Or burn the old paintings. The, the warehouse, warehouse burns burned down. down. <laughs> that would be so good. Uh, there was estimated to be about fifty thousand copies of this crying boy painting. What? Yeah, they they were reprints now. They're not the original painting. Yeah, um, and they didn't all look the same. So there's no way of knowing exactly how many there were. There's maybe up to half a million. They say of these reprints what? of them. Yeah, I don't get it. But why? I don't get it. Why? Why are people putting this in their house? Oh yeah, small tormented child, great, love it. <laughs> like, like what? I don't get it. Like, it's one thing like having a painting of a random child on your wall, for starters. Yeah. Then to have it crying, like what feeling does that give you when you look at it? It just makes you sad. I don't know. Maybe is this some something just like that's just unique to the British existence? <laughs> maybe. Like you look outside, it's raining. You look inside, the crying child on the wall. <laughs> The tears, the rain. You know. Well, you know, Margaret Thatcher was also in charge at this time too. I was so. going to say, yeah, it was it was Thatcher years, <laughs> so like crying children is um, fitting. <laughs> but they're all of the same subject matter. So all of them are a painting of a small boy, oil-looking painting with tears rolling down his cheeks. The readers had sent in about two thousand five hundred copies of the print in total into the newspaper. Oh my god! Yeah. They were not expecting this. That was an insane amount of paintings to be sent. And they didn't even have space in their office to to hold them all. Like, they had to put them other places. (laughs) So the son had to, like, find a solution for destroying the paintings. Because they really weren't expecting this. They were expecting to just throw the, you know, a small little bonfire. But this was was going to be huge. (laughs) 
Um, so they eventually decided to burn them all in a mass bonfire near the River Thames <laughs> in a ho- oh highly God. publicized event on Halloween night. Uh, and the paintings were burned under this under the supervision of the fire brigade the men who started it all in the first place oh my god so what do you make of that <laughs> i can imagine that being like the weirdest call out for a fire brigade going like we need to burn okay, some cursed now. paintings <laughs> yeah it's like hmm see bonfires are more common in the uk than they are here well maybe not back then but you know i assume they get called out for uh, like they, they always have them guy fox yeah yeah guy fox bonfire night feck them into but this the fire was actually on halloween them. night you know I kind of, like, I would love to go to that. I want to go see these cursed paintings be burned and see if I can see any, like, souls coming out of them or something, you know? Burning children. (laughs) Oh, God. Quick, cut to the (laughs) ass. Folks, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, We are an independent podcast, so we do all the research, writing, and editing ourselves. And our Patreon helps us keep... (laughs) Sorry, I'm just laughing at the burning children. (laughs) Helps us keep up the cost of running the podcast every week. (laughs) If you're listening each week and enjoying the podcast, consider supporting us. And if you can't afford it, no worries. You can help us out for free by rating the podcast wherever you listen to it. Thanks. Oh, that was hard to get through. Okay. (laughs) So the article like really took off and the sun milked it for all it was worth. I think they covered it for something like (laughs) six weeks straight after that. People just kept messaging in and they'd have updates on the stories. More and more people were writing in, "My my house burnt down, my house burnt down. I gave it to my aunt and then her house burnt down and, you know, loads of people coming in with this story. They did get people writing in who were skeptical, though. Like this one woman who said, I couldn't think of a reason such a lovely picture could suddenly be thought to be jinxed. Uh, Then she went on to state that she wanted to toss it just for safety's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I don't think it's doing it, but... Would you burn it for me anyway? Yeah, but I'm not going to chance it. I can't have it. it in the house. <laughs> just in case the house burns down. Okay. Why? No relation to the picture. Just in case it burns down while I have the picture in the house. <laughs> I mean, it's... She also referred to it as a lovely picture, which she's just wrong. It's a horrible picture. It's the kind of thing that I'd, spe- I'd expect to be hung in, like, a funeral home or something, you know? Oh, my God. I mean, there, like, there's a there, there's a talent in, in the painting. Yes, it looks like a, a, a crying boy, but, like, I just... I fail to see why... <laughs> I don't get it. Why would why would you have so many people with it? So many like common British grandmothers. Unless, like. <laughs> right, unless when you buy a, a new frame, no, to put a painting. That wasn't in. even the case though. You had to like it came it with a frame, with it. but it was kind of like all one thing. I was going to say because I was in my my granny's house one time and she had these paintings on not paintings they had fo- pictures on the wall in like this frame and I was looking at it and I noticed there was writing on it. And it was like the writing on the photographs were saying the si- the size of the frame. I was like, hang on. <laughs> this is just a stock it's photo. It's just a default. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I remember my, my grandmother had a painting of the Virgin Mary over the kitchen table. And uh, there was it was there mm. for years, years. Uh, probably since before I was born, it was over this kitchen table. And my cousin, my older cousin came in one day and she was sitting down and she looked at it and she she wasn't the brightest and she just said who's your man in the hoodie <laughs> yeah those ruffians yeah. <laughs> like like virgin mary wearing like adidas or something but she was just wearing that you know like I the generic it. blue <laughs> the blue yeah. yeah yeah i love that anyway so people began to speculate speculate about the boy in the painting like was he causing the fires did something horrible happen to him and that's why he's crying 
did that same horrible thing cause the painting to be cursed like what happened why is why is this crying boy painting burning people's homes down and there is a backstory for it um okay. and it's wild <laughs> so the story goes that the crying boy paintings they are all signed with the name giovanni brigolin so everyone immediately starts looking for this painter they're searching for him but there's no sign of him there's no other paintings by this guy there's just the crying boy they can't find any other artwork by him who is Giovanni? well Giovanni Bergolin doesn't actually exist and it's a pseudonym used by a man named Bruno Amadio Bruno Amadio was also known to go by Franchot Seville on other occasions in his other paintings and he painted over 60 portraits in his crying boy collection from the 50s okay. through to the 1980s. Fair enough. 60! Fair enough. What? <laughs> Why? 60 paintings. That's so many paintings of crying children. I get it. It's like there's a whole sort of like, there's a melancholia that it conveys and it's like, you know, the innocence of a child and it's like, why is the child crying? And There's a lot to unpack if you get into it. Yeah. If you want to, like. There is, there is. And it's a bit of a blank canvas as well. You can project, I suppose, fairly handily onto it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect that sort of art critique. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so with each of these paintings, they were all printed, reprinted, and they were widely distributed through mass productions. And the prints became very popular, uh, particularly within the UK alone. The Crying Boy series was, was the only artwork of Bruno's that actually saw success. And... Um, it's actually hard to find, but I saw a lot of accounts saying that Bruno didn't really see much commission from these either. There was only like a certain amount and some people oh. would also just like copy them and then sell them and he didn't see any money for it. So he didn't get paid for every single one that was purchased, but they were also very cheap. Some people said that they got their paintings for like two pounds, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And according to Bruno, the subject of his paintings was a little street urchin that he came across in Madrid. The young boy was a mute and an orphan with a sorrowful expression that instantly captivated the artist. Makes sense. Bit creepy, but yeah. Bruno had stopped to paint the child when a Catholic priest came over to issue him a stern oh. warning. Yeah. He said that the boy's name was Don Bonillo and had run away after seeing his parents die in a fire. Oh. And since then, fires of unknown origin would break out wherever the boy went. It happened with such frequency that he was given the nickname Diablo, which means <laughs> the devil. The devil. The devil. Yeah. <laughs> the devil child. This is the devil child. Um, the priest warned Bruno against having anything to do with the child. However, the painter ignored him and adopted the child. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He brought Don Bonillo home to live with him and painted the Crying Boy series. Isn't that a lovely story? Just like the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. The man. <laughs> Did you think, like, you know, he'd be going to paint it someday and be like, come on now, Don. Time to cry. <laughs> he just slaps him until he starts crying. I hope that Don found happiness. Sure. Being not a street urchin anymore. Well, the story continues anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Their strange father-son relationship wouldn't last long when Bruno's studio and apartment mysteriously caught on fire. Dun-dun-dun. <gasps> he lost everything except for the painting collection somehow as a result Bruno was ruined uh, he remembered the priest's warning and he accused the boy of starting the blaze 
and he kicked him out and he never saw little Diablo ever again. Don is handy with the matches, is I'd he? I'd say so. I'd say he's fond of flicking a few matches around. Was myself. Like, it's funny because like, I'm picturing him like with this kid that he adopted, but I'm just picturing the kid crying 24-7, like constantly has those <laughs> like little tears, like tattoos on his cheeks, with <laughs> just the sad expression <laughs> everywhere he goes. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the backstory of the child in the painting. What do you make of that? It's a bit wild. It is a bit wild, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> Um, the warning. Yeah. And everything. <laughs> There's up to like 60 fires in the UK that are actually associated with the cursed painting uh, since the publication of the Sun article, which is wild. There's probably more as well that people associate with the painting, but like officially the 60 or so. Lots of fires. So knowing all That's of this, of like, would you hang one of these paintings in your house? Uh, bold of you to assume I have a house. Uh, <laughs> in your bedroom. No, God, no. I don't want that picture. You wouldn't? Like, even if it wasn't of, like, a crying child. Say, if it was a nice painting that you actually liked. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you, yeah, would you hang yeah. it on your wall? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very sceptical about this one, Kate. Really? <laughs> yes. You're going to chance it, even though there's houses burning down? Yeah. All right. Houses burn down all the time. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at, right? So, a number of houses will burn down, right? Yeah. But you're saying there was a lot of these pictures. <laughs> yeah, and they were very cheap. So, it's like... <laughs> when you do the numbers is there like it's a shotgun approach to uh, will this picture be in the house or not let's just burn it down yeah fair okay <laughs> I'll accept that so you'd put it in your house then yeah alright I wanted to ask you that before we get to this next part <laughs> okay it's skeptic hat time so it's time to put on the thinky thinky cap yes. so in 2008 a comedian named Steve Punt uh, you might know from shows like Mock the Week started a show on BBC Jeez. Radio 4 called Punt P.I. And uh, he did a little investigation into the crying boy story and actually managed to get his hands on one of the original, not the original paintings, but one of the reprints. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to put the painting to the test to see if he could set it on fire. This is a recorded video of that exact thing. I'll send it to you now. <laughs> so they, they recorded a video of them lighting a fire underneath the painting and uh, mm. trying to set the painting on fire. The fire burns. It burns a little hole maybe in the bottom right-hand corner of the canvas, but nothing else. It doesn't actually catch fire. Even the frame doesn't catch fire, so I assume it's made of metal maybe? They reckon there's some sort of varnish on it that is flame retardant, like unintentionally flame retardant. So they put this varnish on mm. it, and then it just happens to be flame retardant. Okay. Um, that's what they reckon from that video. So what, what, do you, what do you make of it? definitely wasn't what I expected to happen. What did you think was going to happen? I thought it was just going to catch I fire. I did too when I was watching it. It looked like it was going to at the start, but I think it was just whatever was underneath had just been lit, so it was really hot. Yeah, it was going for yeah. it. It's um, also lit from behind as well, so it's coming at it from both sides. Uh, it's up on like a couple of breeze blocks. Yeah, so there's plenty of oxygen. The is, is underneath yeah. it. They didn't do like an analysis of the material, did they? No, they didn't. Uh, I don't think they had the resources on BBC Radio 4. <laughs> so is it just a case of Houses catching fire and the picture just didn't burn for some reason from the varnish, maybe. Because that, that's the unusual bit. It's not like it's setting fire houses that it's just showing up. Yeah. In them, but. Well, people will say that uh, the fires are spontaneously happening as well. But we do know from that very first fire that was mentioned in the Sun article, that fire mm. actually started with a frying pan, not frying pan, a chip pan. You know the oil, hot oil. Oh God. Yep. Those things oh freak me out, man. I don't know why anybody Terrifying. would have one in their house. Terrifying. 
Did you ever see the video where you dump water in? <laughs> Have you seen the one with the like, ice Hello. cubes? <laughs> Stop. Yeah. It's like... Idiots. <laughs> my entire house is gone. Yeah. The only thing that terrifies me more is pressure cookers. Oh my god, I watched a video before at somebody whose head was, like, decapitated because of a pressure cooker. What? Yeah. I no, swear to god. No. I didn't see the video of it happening, but I watched a, like, documentary on weird, weird deaths. Okay, thank god. No. <laughs> that is horrific. It's so scary. I don't go near them anymore. I don't get that... Why would why would you put an actual bomb <laughs> yeah. or a potential bomb in I'm your kitchen? I'm going to cook my food in a bomb so it cooks in 30 minutes yeah. instead of two hours. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the food comes out really tender and nice, but it's not worth, I it's know, not yeah. worth it's, the it's fear. Great technology, you guys. You know, doing good science, but like, maybe don't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the modern ones are pretty safe. They have like emergency oh, valves I mean, they have stuff, to have fail safes yeah. and all that. Absolutely. But I'm still not it's trusting like, it. What if a piece of ham gets clogged in the valve and then it, <laughs> it explodes? <laughs> so another man called David Clark, who is an investigative journalist, says that the stories naming the child as Don Bonillo or Diablo did not emerge until 2000 in a book by Tom Slemon. Oh. Uh, they relate the child to several fires, including the painter's studio. However, he says that there is absolutely no truth whatsoever to any of it. <laughs> <laughs> There is no proof of Little Diablo ever existing. There's still some people who are adamant that the curse is real and that when a painter paints something, so with the actual paints, that a piece of their soul is like trapped in the painting or like contained in the painting. A little bit like Dorian Gray. Do you think there's any truth yeah. to that at all? Do you think somebody's soul can be like in a painting? You can see a, you know, you can see a painting and you can get a very strong emotional response from it. And like Sometimes you can get what the artist was going through yeah. while painting it. I personally think that's more akin to like it's just transmitting to you a lot of information in a lot of subtle ways. Yeah. But I mean, if you want to consider that an artist putting their soul, their heart and soul into a painting, then yes, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's purely from like who whoever's observing it really. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with you as well. Um like, if you ever really look at any, like, Goya's paintings, like, you you can see what he was going through mm. from looking at those paintings, which was, you know, yeah. he was having a rough time with it. But I don't think you can curse somebody. Like, have you ever seen that Japanese <laughs> painter who screams at his canvas as he's painting so that he can capture, like, that anger in the paint? No. <laughs> well, there's a guy who does that. And uh, I don't really agree with it. I don't think it's actually going to do anything. Like somebody looks at his paintings, he... you're not going to think, oh, it's anger. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I love the story of Little Diablo. I think that's so funny. <laughs> but the fact that somebody wrote that like afterwards and it's basically just fan fiction is also hilarious. <laughs> it's like archive of our own Little Diablo. <laughs> There's still people who um, ha like adamantly believe in the curse as well, though. Like Some people will be going through their parents' attic or something and find the painting and they'll destroy it. They'll just get rid of it instead of chancing having it in the house and starting a fire. There was one person I was reading about in the comments who said that he inherited it from somebody and his wife won't let him keep it in the house, so he has to keep it in the shed <laughs> next to a fire oh extinguisher. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I think if we ever do get like a HQ for the podcast, we have to have one high like on the wall. <laughs> we have to yeah, have one. Yeah. And just see if anything yeah. ever happens. Um there's also rumors that when like the fire starts, 
that if you look at the painting, you can see it like swinging side to side. And they're often found like face down after the fire. It's one of the reasons why they reckon it doesn't burn as well is because the string that holds it to the wall will burn before the painting does. So then it falls flat and then it can't really burn. But I feel like I've given you both sides of the argument. Do you believe in the curse of the crying boy or do you not? And would you hang one in your house? Uh, yeah, I'd hang one up. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not phased by it. I don't believe in the curse. <laughs> I need to find a curse that you will believe in. So <laughs> you never believe in any of the curses. My, it's my defense against curses. I, like, I firmly believe that. Like, it's, it's like the power of a curse is directly proportional to your belief and power in it. So I just, if I believe in none of them, <laughs> okay, fair. Then, then, like, I can't get caught. Yeah, yeah. You'll never be the victim in a Stephen King novel. Yeah, I mean, even if I did believe in a curse, I wouldn't tell you. That's giving it energy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in the UK, so I might have a look for it in some second. Oh yeah, shops. you're gonna be there this weekend. Uh, oh, it's actually yeah. a blue moon tonight as well, isn't it? This is the third it night, is. the last night of the blue moon. That is everything we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If there's anything you want us to cover on the podcast, you can send us an email at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye. Bye.